Hey everybody, it's Mitch Spinell from the Film Fight Podcast here to introduce you to today's episode. But before we get into it, we want to remind you that you can listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Be sure to check in every week and listen to the latest episode of Film Fight. We thank you for watching, and here's today's episode. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And welcome on into episode four of the Film Fight Podcast with myself again, Mitch Spinell, and himself, uh, Mikey Rogers. Excuse me, I almost said... He forgot my name. I almost said a name of another podcast that I'm on with another person that I'm doing it with. So we're just going to leave this all in, if you don't mind. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, so you're in a good mood today. Are you happiest than you've ever been? No. No, Mitch. Do you want to explain Mitch, why? Today I'm sad. Okay. Um... We're going to be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. And this is a spoiler review. This is so, a spoiler? We're doing spoilers? We are doing spoilers. Okay. And uh, uh, we'll get into Film Fight around the half hour mark. So if you don't want yep. us to ruin Ghostbusters for you, uh, head over to the half hour mark. But until then, here we go. Yes. I'm sad, Mitch. Do you why, know why I'm sad? Why are you sad? Because I got robbed over the weekend. Really? Yes. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, uh, Regal Cinemas stole my money. Oh. Um, and I be, first and foremost, I have to issue a public apology um, to LeBron James. LeBron, I'm sorry. When I walked out of the theater after Ghostbusters Afterlife, I cursed your name. I cursed your name. <laughs> because I thought the production company, Braun, yes. was LeBron James, his, his production company, and I'm wrong. It, yeah. His production company is Spring Hill Entertainment. Oh, yeah, I remember that from, uh, I think it was in Space Jam 2 before that. Yeah, so he, regardless, he needs to not make movies anymore. But I'm sorry for blaming you for the utter disappointment that uh, Mitch and I had the unfortunate pleasure of watching. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let, let's slow down here. So we went and saw the movie on Sunday night. It was terrible. With a whole bunch of friends. This and one of the worst movies I've really? ever seen. Really? It was god awful. Okay, like, let me put up the back. Let's put up the backstory for this discussion because I want to start with myself because I am coming from a different perspective than you are, especially when it relates to the fight we're going to have today on the podcast. I have, even though I'm a huge movie fan, I've seen a lot of movies, especially those within the eighties. I'm a sucker for a lot of nostalgia stuff. I never really got into the original Ghostbusters films. And I don't believe that I've seen the 1984 original or the 1989 sequel from beginning to end. I've seen multiple clips online and I've gotten the references. They kind of just been inundated over the last, you know, many years of my life. But I went into this film. This is my first Ghostbusters film that I've seen in theaters because I stayed away from the one from a few years ago. And I went into it, walked out of it, and I thought, that was okay. You know, it was just a nice little send off to uh, the people from the original. But obviously, you have different opinions. It's trash. It is absolute trash. Why is it trash? So, Mitch, <clears throat> you know this, but the people listening to us might not. Okay. I collect Steelbooks. Yes. Okay? And I only buy a movie on Steelbook if it has value in my life. Okay? Okay. I, it could either be one of the best movies I've ever seen, or maybe it's a movie that, you know, I just thoroughly enjoy. Like, The Avengers. I have all the Avengers movies except for the first one on Steelbook. Yeah. Okay? I have The Dark Knight on Steelbook. So do you I. You know what else I have on Steelbook? What? Ghostbusters. Sure. You know why? Why? Because Ghostbusters is one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. It is a beautiful 80s comedy. 
a lot of good humor, a lot of good writing, and it is a fun adventure movie from start to finish. It is by no means a perfect movie whatsoever, okay. but it is one of those movies I can watch day in and day out and not get sick of. Uh, the performances of Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, they're, they're iconic. They're iconic. There's, there's so much iconic that every year since 19, what did the movie come out? 84? 84. Since 1984, kids have been dressing up as the Ghostbusters for Halloween. Sure. Kids who've never seen Ghostbusters. Okay. I, now, I didn't dress up I as was, I was born in 1994. Okay. So Ghostbusters is before my time. Yep. And it's but, sequel. It, yes. And it's sequel. But Ghostbusters will always be one of those cherishable films that I will love till the end of time. So every year I find a couple movie titles that I look up and I follow the production. So yeah. this year, for example, mm -hmm. there's been three that I've been following mm -hmm. since they decided they were going to make the movies. That has been The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Okay. okay. Spider-Man No Way Home. Me too. And Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. And there is nothing, nothing more disappointing in this world than when you spend a year and a half following a movie, watching behind the scenes like little cell phone videos seeing uh the reviews the articles people lying to you telling you that the movie's good i wanted this film to be good so bad i was lied to and i was robbed because of this really i was it it, it this movie was one of the worst films I've ever watched. No, 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 no. It was terrible. It was terrible, and I'm trying to save you people your money now. If you are going for nostalgia, just go in. If the if the movie starts at 7:40, go in at nine o'clock because then you'll get your nostalgia. Here's why I don't like this movie. Why? Do you want to know why I don't like this movie? Why don't you like this movie? Scream more than like. hour and a half, as our good friend Chad Shoemaker would say, was a member movie. Okay, you remember this? You remember? Okay. That. All right. Remember oh. this? Okay. So the first hour and a half of the film is sure. like, okay, the title of the movie is is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. Okay. So you know going into it that this is a Ghostbusters film. Mm -hmm. It it has to do with Ghostbusters. Okay. So you only go see the movie if you know Ghostbusters, because if not, none of it's going to make any sense. But the first hour and a half was like, oh, we might show you the Ecto-1. Now you're going to have to wait another 20 minutes. Okay. Oh, we might show you a proton pack. Nope. We're only going to show you a really close-up shot, so you kind of think it's a proton pack. And we're not going to show you anything until you're like already there and you're stuck and they take your money and your popcorn's almost gone and your drink's gone. Oh, and the movie, the movie was so bad. It was so bad. It was cringeworthy. The humor, not funny. Whoa, not, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, not funny. Uh, let me, let me, let me explain the humor a little bit because there were some points in the movie where it, it's not like a, it's not an in-your-face joke, 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 joke fest. In my, at least that, I didn't get that. I got it more of a sort of like, kind of just like, kind of one-off wisecracks and kind of just like little little remarks here and there. And then there was this running gag where. The, the main girl, Phoebe, who is played by McKenna Grace, very well, I might add, she has this running joke where she has these... She's kind of like a nerdy like scientist type. And McKenna she, Grace is the only saving grace of this film. It, she was fantastic. Yes. She was fantastic. She but, plays but, uh, Egon Spangler's granddaughter. Yes. Okay? And she she's very uh, nerdy, and she's very uh, technical, and she's a huge dork and she's basically egon yeah yeah she's basically egon and she does a fantastic job in i this agree film playing egon's granddaughter but the problem is the problem with this movie is 
they make the audience feel so stupid because it's like the, the whole, it's like, I wonder which one of them's her grandfather, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, 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 member, member, member. I didn't, I didn't get that. Here, here's the, there are a lot. No, there, no, there no. are a and lot if of. If you're going to see this movie for Paul Rudd, go see any other Paul Rudd movie. There are a lot of. It, 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 he, he showed up and they said, Paul, we're going to pay you $15 million. I don't know how much the actual number is, but we're sure. going to pay you millions of dollars. And you just, you go be yourself, buddy. And then just do what you did in the Avengers, but you don't have an ant suit. Like, it's you, the same you, thing. You kept quoting that one line he had from Civil War about the orange slices I, during the movie. I was surprised that that line wasn't in it. Anybody got any orange slices? Okay, I was just okay. It would have fit. Let, let me expl- let me uh, let me just get in. I on love this. Paul Rudd too. Who doesn't? Okay, he's people's magazine. People's magazine. Sexiest, sexiest man, man alive. alive. I, I remember. And that's fine. <laughs> I remember where there was a scene where I can't remember what he was doing, but it was something like kind of like quirky or something. I just turned to both of you guys and I was like, "That's the sexiest man alive, right there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but no, you know what wasn't the sexiest? This movie. It, it was it was about the opposite of sexy as possible. All right, the, hold on. The first hour and a half of this film yeah. is all okay. You, you've mentioned it before it's it's the it's full of member moments, and, and I will admit there's a lot of touch points in the movie where it's kind of like paying tribute to the original film. They kind of like have these little like little uh, objects, these little references, little stories, let's, and all let's that. Let's just go through this plot, right? Okay, okay. So it opens in New York City in this apartment. And this mom has her two kids, has Phoebe, or well, it's got... Well, it doesn't start like that. Oh, it's, well, yeah, it starts with Harold Ramis, who's dead, and we're going to get to that later on. Yes. Um, because what they did in this movie, I find to be extremely offensive and extremely <sighs> unethical, and you cannot change my mind. Star Wars did that crap, too, and but, well, I'm Well, over. Save, for, save for later, save for later. All right. So, okay, Harold Ramis, who's dead in real life, mm-hmm. is out in the middle of Oklahoma trying to catch a ghost, and he ends up dying. That's pretty much the whole beginning of the film. Yes. Then it cuts to this New York apartment, and there's this mom there with her two kids, okay? And it shows you a little bit of the characters, how the one kid is the super nerd and pretty mm-hmm. much mini Egon Spangler, yes. right? And then you have Finn Wolfhard, who plays every character that I've ever seen him play, which is an angsty teenager, okay, who's chasing a girl. The kid from extremely Stranger awkward. Things. Yeah, the kid from Stranger Things. He's fine. None of the actors are bad, no. quote-unquote, in this movie, so I'm not going to give the I'll give the acting a break because the performances by the actors in this film are good. But anyway, most cliched lines possible. It's like in Spider-Man, rent? You get your rent when you fix this damn door. That's, that's, that's essentially what happens in the first minute other than uh, without saying it. That's what happens. So then they find out grandpa's dead and then they go to Oklahoma, but mom doesn't tell the grandkid or doesn't tell her kids who grandpa is. Plot twist. He's a Ghostbuster because the movie's called Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay. But they think the audience is so stupid. They don't think the audience can figure it out right away. And that's the problem I have with the movie. So they go and there's this old rickety farmhouse and they called the, the, uh, Harold Ramis, they called him uh, the Dirt Man because he had this dirt, dirt farm yeah. and nobody could ever understand farmer, what he was yeah. doing. And outside the house, there's these, the end is near, the end of the world is near. And so when they move to this town, there's these earthquakes, but there's no fault line. That's where you meet Paul Rudd because he's a seismologist. Wow, thrilling stuff. And- but he doesn't do anything seismology-wise. He's just being Paul Rudd. There's no scientific background there, and that's not his fault. He showed up and he got paid. If I was him, I would have showed up and got paid too. Okay, so then the little uh, the, the the little granddaughter of Spangler, Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe. She makes friends with Paul Rudd, and she makes this little friend named uh, Podcast. He's this little kid. Why is he called Podcast? Oh, because he has a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I, I I saw that and I was like, I can't tell if that's really hilarious or really stupid. It's Maybe really it's both. Stupid. It's right. really stupid. Yeah. But you know what? Phoebe makes a friend, and she had trouble making friends. Wow. Yes. Never seen that before in a movie. 
Uh, so then those two go on a little adventure. Meanwhile, in Finn, Finn Wolfhard land, he likes this girl at this burger shack. So yep. he's like, I'm going to work at a burger shack. Bro, you're like, you look like you're 13, but apparently you're 15 because that's a joke later in the movie. He, yeah, he, he pretends to be 17 to get the job and, and to date the girl, but he, it turns out he's 15. But somehow he's an auto mechanic and he learns how to fix the Ecto-1. Yeah, he's, in, yeah he's, in, he's into cars. Is he? Because he grew up in New York City. Where would he learn how to work on cars? I'm sure there's they an auto shop. Well, they have cars there, but chances are for as poor as they were, they probably didn't have a car. So none of that all made all any right, sense. All right, whatever. It was convenient to the plot, and I hate when movies are convenient. Okay, what okay. else didn't you like? Uh, the, the whole thing. The whole thing. Just keep going. Okay, I'm I'm going. All right, so there they go, and then there's this big rock mountain where the ghosts mm-hmm. live. That's essentially it. Hey, anybody ever seen Ghostbusters? Because uh, the whole ending is just I the haven't. same. Well, it's the same thing as Ghostbusters. Uh, they, they meet Slimer's cousin, George, which is, goes by Muncher, his real name isn't George. Okay, it's a joke. I no. thought it was Slimer at first, and then it, it's, it's it was not a, Slimer. No, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. another ghost that looks like Slimer that eats metal and right. shoots shoots metal. I'm surprised he wasn't in this. Whatever, and then then they so they have to spend. They destroy a town trying to catch trying to catch Muncher, which they probably filmed the same place they filmed the first Thor movie. Uh, it looks uh, like the same place. Yeah, no, it doesn't. That, this looks way better. Whatever. Uh, so then they go to jail. The little kids go to jail, and then the cop comes. Okay, and whoa, whoa, whoa. Phoebe, yeah. Phoebe goes, "Can I get my one phone call?" And then there's this dramatic upshot. Of the sheriff, who is Finn Wolfhard's. Oh. Finn Wolfhard's, uh, the girl he likes, it's her dad. Yes. Wow, plot twist. And he da, looks da, at the camera da, and goes, da. Who are you going to call? And I lost all respect for the movie in that moment. I was trying so hard to I, like it. I, I, I turn to you. Adam Savage, you know, the guy from Myth. Yes. I follow him on the internet. Yeah. He has tested. It's great. He, he makes great things. He's a maker. Mm-hmm. He promoted this movie and he lied to me. He lied to me. He said it was one of the best movies he's ever seen in his life. He maybe, lied. He lied. Maybe he actually enjoyed it. Liar. He just didn't have the same opinion. And I love Adam Savage. I'm not, but, but he lied to me. And I was robbed. I was lied. So anyway, after, who are you going to call? I think I think the line, it's very obvious because it's, it's such an iconic line from the original movie, but I think it, do, it does, it's not completely shoehorned in. It's a little... It's, it's a little shoehorn, but moment. It's like, no, it's really, not. I don't think so. Really, just do. I this? was like, oh, there it is. There's yeah, the line. There it is. Yeah. So, but I didn't think of anything of it. Then anyway, Paul Rudd randomly goes to Walmart. Um, that to was get weird. some ice cream. Oh, he was going to get ice cream. Good for yes. him. I didn't even know that because I'd lost respect. But then all of these, all these hauntings start happening in this uh-huh. town. And guess what happens? These little marshmallow men. You, you ever see the first Ghostbusters? I know of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, the, uh, yeah. big, the giant. The big giant one? Yes. Well, now there's a bunch of little tiny ones. Yes. Anybody ever see and Sausage Party? Anybody ever watch that oh, movie? Well, before that, before you get into that, your girlfriend, Victoria, and then Tyler's girlfriend, Aubrey, were like like awing and ooing when they saw them. They oh, because like, they're the cute little things. They were. They got so morbid. Yo, they did. They, there's this one that jumps in a blender, and it's like they're these cute little things, and then they all, they just mass couple and they get roasted on the grill, and oh. that, that was was one where I was like, s'mores, the s'mores. I, I was cupping oh. my hand with my my mouth with my hand. I'm like, whoa! I can't believe that. they did that. That was my favorite part. Yeah. Oh no, my favorite part was when Paul Rudd was walking into Walmart. La da da. He was like skipping. Why? He was excited to get his ice cream. Was he? It didn't make sense to the plot. This you don't, movie you don't get excited. You don't get excited for ice cream. Not like that. Okay. Not, not, I again, do. they just said, "Paul, go do your thing, and uh, we're going to give you a big." Check well, the go- yeah, the ghost came into the Walmart, and I like that. I don't know if you noticed this joke. The goat when the ghost like flew in through the front doors at Walmart, it was half a second before the Walmart doors actually opened, like a customer was coming in. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, hysterical. Jesus this whole movie is just is just the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> go ahead, keep uh, going. But anyway, if 
you ever saw the uh, first Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. the whole thing with the key master and the gatekeeper, yeah, yeah that, that whole thing happens again. They, they turn into the dogs, and Paul Rudd and and, and uh, Spangler's daughter, they, they, they do it with each other. Because, you know, what's more Ghostbusters than having I mean, Paul Rudd have a little sex scene? They're not really doing it with each other. It's like the two... Like they ghost become dogs possess the them. In the first Ghostbusters, yeah. I get it. Yeah, but it, it, it's like, oh, the end of the world is near, and then the little kids conveniently get to save the day with the whole help of Grandpa. And this, this is where, and I, it's not just this movie's fault. There's okay, a lot of, but this is where ethics come. Well, into play. you didn't explain that the original Ghostbusters come because there's a scene earlier in the movie where she uses the phone call to call um, Dan Aykroyd's character. What's his name in the original? I don't know his name. Chad's gone. Um, Dan Aykroyd's character, he explain kind of explains like what caused the breakup of the Ghostbusters, where Egon moved to Oklahoma away from the rest of them, and the business kind of fell apart because apparently ghosts just kind of uh, there there stance. Yeah, there weren't as many uh, uh, ghosts after the first two films, and then he that's that's what tips him off that these kids are having trouble down in Oklahoma or this little Oklahoma town and then you see Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, you forgot to mention him oh, earlier by, by the way. By the way, apparently in this up. universe people don't remember the thing that happened in New York where all the camera kids crews Kids don't because it's been 30 some years. Dude, it doesn't matter. Like if ghosts attack Manhattan and it was live broadcasted, that would be in yeah. your history all book. Right. And if the character of Phoebe is so smart cuz she knows all this other stuff yeah. Wouldn't she have thought about, oh, wow, they're using proton packs. That's advanced technology. Really? The, nobody knew the Ghostbusters were a thing? Again, they think the audience is stupid this entire movie. I think it's, it makes more sense than what I've known from Ghostbusters 2, which is that immediate, like a, almost immediately after the first film, going into the second, everybody thought that the Ghostbusters were like making the ghosts up and were full of crap. That made less sense than what was happening here. Listen, then we get to the, the, the final battle of the film. Where all the okay. characters have to come together to defeat the bad ghost. Yes. The okay. uh, uh, Zool? Is that what it is? Uh, Vigo? Which which one's Vigo? Which one's Zool? Zool, excuse me. Yes. Vigo's from the second one. Zool, so, uh, yeah. she's on like their farm, and it's kind of reminiscent of the beginning. And then the original Ghostbusters show up, and then they're trying to... Phoebe's trying to like shoot the Ghostbuster with the proton pack, and then... We get to the point that offended you. Here's my problem. Okay. And I'm being 100% genuine. Okay. As an actor, as a filmmaker, as a director, it is extremely unethical, in my opinion, that when an actor dies, to bring them back to a movie franchise. I understand we have the technology to do it. I do not think that should be allowed. I get it. Dan Aykroyd... Who was one of the was one of the writers of Ghostbusters worked on this film mm-hmm. and helped write it. Harold Ramis, who was um, uh, Spangler, Spangler, helped write the original Ghostbusters. He had no say in this movie. No, it, it was always like they wanted to get a third film off the ground. I will say that, but he had no say, and that's the problem I had. Star Wars did this with Grand Moff Tarkin. He's been dead for a couple years now. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they felt the need to put him in 
And I don't, that is a huge ethics problem for me. The, to explain what happens, they they take Harold Ramis's likeness, and I think they might have had a body double too, because in the beginning it's a body double. And then throughout the film, you get the feeling like, oh, the grandfather's, like Egon's soul is still around the house. And at the end, while Phoebe's firing the proton pack, you see- Oh, the see, Harry Potter scene? Well, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you mentioned that the scene between Phoebe and- uh, Egon was very, or Egon was, uh, Zool was very similar to Harry Potter versus Voldemort in the, in the last God, Harry Potter movie. No, well, it's actually Goblet of Fire. It Goblet of Fire, very, okay. It looks very similar. And and there's a moment where you see Ghost Egon Just like Harry Potter. put his hand onto the proton pack with Phoebe, and it's Harold. Just like Harry Potter. It's Harold Ramis as a ghost, which I will say this, as far as reanimations of actors that are no longer with us this is this looks like the best i'd have seen out of all of them because listen we're so late the, in the, we're the cgi so late. and the special effects are absolutely brilliant in this yeah. movie the, they work especially coming from just seeing the eternals mm -hmm. where it wasn't yeah. together which is it's marvel but we're not talking about marvel today we're talking about ghostbusters mm -hmm. it was absolutely stunning i'm not going to take it away the way that it was done was beautiful but i it's unethical to if somebody's dead to put them back into a movie. Mm. They, an actor should have choice. That is their livelihood. That has been their whole career. And they can just reinsert people whenever they want. I don't agree with that. They, they probably got permission from his family. I doesn't matter. He didn't have say. I mean, okay. I get it. It's Ghostbusters. But this isn't... This is one of those things where if this crosses the line... Okay, so Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and uh, Harold Ramis' family all agree that they want him in this film. Okay. Fine. But what happens when Hollywood decides to do this and they don't get that permission? Well, uh, it sets a bad precedent. It sets a terrible precedent. And I think that's something Hollywood really needs to look at and have, and have an honest discussion about what they've been doing with this. Now, when we talked about this off, off microphone, we were discussing how Star Wars did that with Princess Leia and Mark Hamill. But at the time when they did it with Princess Leia, she was still alive. And was she? she? Had, yes. And... The, her last movie was Last Jedi. No, okay. oh, well, it was technically Rise of Skywalker. No, well, yes, it was Rise of Skywalker, but she had filmed her scenes for Rise of Skywalker before she passed, even though that movie came out before. You know what I mean? Okay. It came out after her death, just like Heath, Heath Ledger. He had already filmed his scenes, and then the movie came out after his death. Sure. I don't have a problem with those, but it's when an actor has been dead, and they reintroduce them into a franchise. Mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's a huge, it's a huge thing for me. I, I don't it, like it. I don't agree with it. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of neutral towards it. I understand that there might be some sort of ethical issue where you might be able to, you might be using somebody's likeness and that you don't want them to. I think if you get the permission from either them or their state, then that's one thing that I think that's something where you can. It just sets a, it sets a bad precedent. I don't know. Um, I don't know because Harold Ramis never had say. He never and, had. He never had official say. No, he never had maybe, official say. Maybe he told a family member, "Look, if I ever die before they get the third one off the ground, they want to use me. Go ahead and tell them yes." Fine, but I want a public statement saying that. Then or all right, something. Well, I want something. Because we haven't gotten me, one yet, so I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and I'm sure they asked the permission to the family. I'm sure, sure all of the all because they because the, they do they do say for Harold at the end of the film like as a tribute, which is what they also did in the 2016 film, which you know, and then uh, you get. We actually, there was actually two post-credit scenes that we we missed one of them. What was the one that we missed? So apparently, there was the second one was, uh, um, uh, the first one is Venkman and Dana Barrett, Sigourney Weaver, yeah, playing with the cards, that and uh, and then the post-credit scene was they explain what Winston's up to. He they mentioned that he had gotten rich from finance. Um, he 
maintained like a lot of the properties the Ghostbusters had. He had the Ecto one car completely restored. They placed it in the old firehouse, uh, and he's likely helping the, the family out financially now. Like he's giving the mom and her kids like some money to help them out. And then the final shot, there was a warning light that was blinking on the firehouse's uh, ecto containment unit, and that opens the door for potentially a follow up. That and, and, and here's the thing: as much as I didn't like this movie, I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind a sequel to see okay. um, because I really like Phoebe's character. Yeah, I, I really like it. And here's if you look at the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't think Batman Begins is a very good film. Some people what? don't. No, they don't. It's different. Um, it was. It's a different take. I don't. It's agree a little with more. That. It's a little more clunky. And then the Dark Knight came out of that. So I, I as much as I'm ranting and and in dislike about this film, I, I would be interested to see where a sequel would go if they can maintain the trueness of Ghostbusters. Okay. Because what we watched, it, it just, to me, wasn't, and it was too much of a It felt like more movie. of an epilogue to the Ghostbusters saga. Yeah, if you're going to tell, if you're going to tell a Ghostbusters story, make it about Ghostbusters. Don't make it a member meme movie. Make it something new. Make it it's, something it's fresh. It's hard because they, for years, they wanted to get this one off the ground, and they couldn't get it together, and it's, it's, it's so much time has passed, man, where you're not, I don't think you're going to get the traditional Ghostbusters 3 or Ghostbusters 4 you wanted. Well, we had my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I mean, that? look, I thought it was an, a fine movie. I didn't think it was like anything groundbreaking. I, I think if you're a Ghostbusters fan, um, then this could be a movie where you get to to relive some of the things that you loved about the originals. And they even have some mentions to Ghostbusters 2, which is what I, I learned after seeing the film, going back and, and kind of learning about the references. I even wrote, or I didn't, I had, I thought about this sentence that I had in my written review of it, I said, it may not be for everybody, but it will likely be everything to who it is for, which apparently was not true with you, but not me. All right. Well, I I mean, I feel like a lot of people who love Ghostbusters will not like, I don't know, man. It's got a 95% audience rating right now on Rotten Tomatoes, which is vastly, almost vastly different from the 63% critical score it has right now. Well, they must not have any taste. But they gave the twenty. But critics gave the twenty sixteen film a seventy six percent. Think about this: the twenty sixteen film, which is one of the most polarizing movies in in all of all of American cinema, has a higher critical rating than. Uh, and again, this is not to say that critical Rotten Tomatoes ratings mean all and everything. I'm just saying that that's an interesting reference point. I should actually look up and see what the audience. Um, rating is for the twenty sixteen Ghostbusters, which we didn't really talk about, and I haven't seen that one either. I avoided that one a few years ago just because of the discourse and some bad word of mouth. Uh, here we go. 74% critical rating for the 2016 one, 49% audience rating. So it has a very a huge drop from the one that just came out. I don't know, man. I, I thought it was a fine movie. It, it does lean into a lot of the nostalgia. It was made by the guy. Jason Reitman is, is a direct is a very well-known director, and he is the son of Ivan Reitman, who was the original director of those two first two Ghostbusters films. He also did like Meatballs and uh, Stripes, Kindergarten Cop, and a whole bunch of other things. Draft Day, which I love Draft Day. I don't know if anyone else does. Um, and you were you were saying like, oh, I'm going to boycott all this uh, director's films now. You know, screw this guy uh, before. You got anything to say about that now? No. I was going to say, man, I was going to defend Reitman because he wanted to make the, the, the younger Reitman. He wanted to make one of my favorite satires, uh, Thank You for Smoking. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. Oh, it's fantastic, dude. It's a very good one. It's got Aaron Eckhart, uh, Two-Face. Oh, I love Aaron Eckhart. And uh, he's he fantastic in it. Uh, he no, he played Frankenstein, and oh, I Frankenstein. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't oh. great. Um, 
but yeah, that that's that's I I have a more mixed review. Kind of like mixed, mixed to somewhat positive. You just have full blown. Well, like, let me give credit where credit's due. The, mm-hmm. the, like I said earlier, the performance by all of the actors in the movie is really good. Okay, mm-hmm. cinematography is great. Yep. Okay, the direction is lax, not good. Okay, but the um, the special effects and uh, practical effects and everything that they did to enhance this movie mm-hmm. was some of the best I've seen. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm being a little dramatic because I really didn't like the story that was told. Okay. But there are elements to the film that I that I think are good and that I think, you know, are good stepping stones for uh, some other Hollywood movies. I mean, I feel like the CGI in this film looks believable. It looks real. Yep. Um, and I'm not the biggest CGI person, but if you're going to add that stuff in, make it look real. Okay. That's my whole thing. If you're going to put it in, if it's going to be a part of the film, then make it look real. Yeah. And, you know. So. Okay. I mean, look, as far as, like, reboots or redoings of, like, a lot of older nostalgia stuff, this is one of the ones that are probably is probably going to be one of the least offensive. In terms of, like, just public discourse and potential backlash, because I've seen, I've seen, I get tired of, like, all the people r- ranting and complaining about, oh, they ruined X, they ruined Y, they've completely destroyed Z. It's like, you still have the old film. Just go back and watch those if you don't like these new ones. At Chad Shoemaker. And, and get, yeah, <laughs> and give the new ones a, f- a freaking chance. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. Chad hates, um... Uh, everything new Hollywood, everything modern No, Hollywood. what was the, uh, oh, God, come on, man. What is it? Star Wars. Yeah, he he Force Awakens. He hates the Force Awakens. I can't. I, 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 I like, can't. I, like I love it. It's my. It's right up there with Empire for me. It has a couple of member me moments, but for the most part, it's. But it's it, its I think. It, but it needed story. that. But it needed that to get the fan base back in. Yeah, now you can. Now you can. You can. You can talk about the. It doesn't. We'll get to those films later on. No, but life. all in all, I do like Force Awakens, and yeah. that's one of those these types of films. And, and it's and it's one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah, and that was and that's what I want to transition into because that we we had a. We had a snafu with our topic for this week, and I wanted to talk about its evolution. We originally wanted to do Best Ridley Scott Film because House of Gucci is coming out to kind of just like another polarized response, but it's just kind of like the quality of the movie, not any social discourse. Um, That would have been an interesting one. But then I wanted to kind of tie it into Ghostbusters, and I decided to do Best 80s Movie. But I decided to, to... centralize it into best 80s comedy because 80s movie there's a lot of 80s movies mm-hmm. and there's just such a broad that's, a, that's such a broad discussion because I'll, I'll spoil this for best 80s movie and I'll admit this is not my best 80s movie this would probably be like my 5th, 6th, 7th choice I was going to go with Raging Bull up against Ghostbusters but the problem is it's such a hard just debate to have it's like who's the better athlete it's like michael jordan against uh uh usain bolt it's like they don't do the same thing it's it's you not comparable compare and that's the thing a lot of mov- 80s movies are like that i mean you yep. have franchises like back to the future you have the star wars franchises mm. you have indiana jones you have beetlejuice i mean there's so many other and that's tricky for me too because i want to save some of those for potential like franchise fights yeah i didn't want to do like an indiana jones because i want to save that for another one in the future I also there are also ones that I have not yet to see, so I I couldn't do like Back to the Future for example. Um, but there's also a lot of good '80s comedies. I mean, yep. Uh, um, uh, I think I'm stroking out today. Very the much. Golf one. We, we did well, it for a show. Well, a we, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. We we uh, we mentioned that one, but but that's not one of the two that we're debating today. No, it's not. But Be- uh, my point is the '80s. 
we are lucky. Yes. As a society, to have yeah. some of the films, Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. That's great. Movie. I haven't seen. I you know you guys. I know oh, you guys have talked about it. That I know goes. It. So you think a movie's going one way, and then it just makes a sharp left turn, and All you right. just buckle in and go for the ride. I'll have to look up it up. But it's uh, today, so funny. It is so. I funny, believe you. But it is utterly ridiculous. All right. It is. It starts off being believable, 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 and then it just goes. Kind of sounds like it. Kind of sounds like my thoughts on the Cannonball Run, where it's like I know it's a really goofy, dumb comedy, but it's really entertaining, dumb comedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was that starts that starts off the, uh, the I, trend of the eighty sex comedies. Oh, I, and that was Bachelor Party. I mean, there were a lot of movies in there that were sexual based humor, and that Bachelor Party is probably the king of those movies. We got we got to talk about. Oh, let's go into film fight. All right, yeah, let's go. I was gonna say. <laughs> so today we are going to debate best '80s comedy, and you are taking Ghostbusters. Since I was robbed of my money, <laughs> and I'm going to take a film that has not actually been revisited in the modern age, and uh, most people would probably throw a fit if that were to be the case. But I am taking the 1980 comedy classic directed by the Zucker Brothers, Airplane. Airplane versus Ghostbusters. And again, if you want to vote on the uh, Spotify poll, we'd appreciate it. And get on get on the noise on Twitter at Mitch Spinell, at Mikey the Film Guy. So Airplane versus Ghostbusters is one that I think is, it could be... It's one of the better matchups because I think in terms of 80s comedies, there are a lot of really well-known 80s comedies, but there are very few that are so revered as these two. And I went with Airplane because I think for for my bottom dollar, I think you get the bo- the most bang for your buck in terms of jokes when it comes to Airplane. I think you get a very simple story that you can see easily carry out. You are able to care about the characters even though everything going around them is so ridiculous. And it it was the movie that helped usher in the kind of screwball zaniness of 80s comedy movies that Ghostbusters was a part of. And I think Airplane is the grandfather of this kind of modern, not modern wave of comedy, but it helped usher in this brand new kind of way that comedy could be done as compared to what it does or what was done in the past. Okay. I'm choosing Ghostbusters mainly out of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom made me watch all of these 80s movies when I was a kid. Yeah. Ghostbusters included. And as a kid, you don't understand some of the humor, and then you get a little bit older right. and you watch the movie, and you're like, whoa, I can't believe I was allowed to watch that yeah. one. Um, but uh, so most pe- if you're listening to this podcast, something tells me you've already watched Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily going to go into the plot. But what I will say, this movie was um, – Written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. Okay. All three are in the movie. Um, and it has some of the best acting chemistry I've ever seen before in my life. And every one of the characters, every one of the Ghostbusters has their own unique thing. Like um, Bill Murray, who plays Peter Venkman's the ladies' man and the uh, the schmoozer. And he's not really in it to catch ghosts. He's in it because he wants to be popular and be a hit with the ladies. Dan Aykroyd plays the... Uh, the super nerdy, like, Captain America leading guy, you know what I mean? Like, and he's super technical. And then Egon Spangler plays the bad scientist. Um, and uh, what's really funny is Ernie Hudson, you know, he comes in halfway through the film, and he's kind of like, I just need a job. 
but I'm here. And so he's got that blue collar feel to him. So when they're all together and they're all fighting and you get that great dialogue interaction between, you know, all four characters, I mean, you can't help but smile the entire movie. You got Sigourney uh, Weaver, yep. uh, Rick Moranis, um, who plays the super nerdy one. And he's trying to get with Sigourney Weaver, but so is Bill Murray, you know, and there's this little love triangle. And then, you know, but it is an 80s film. And <laughs> do not watch... Ghostbusters on Blu-ray or 4K hmm. because the effects in the movie are so bad. Wow. Especially the one where the, uh, the the dog is running through Manhattan. It still has green around it from a green screen. Well, um, I did not know this, and, and then, I thank you for telling me that. Oh, then at the end when they're uh, fighting, what is it, Zool? They're fighting yes. Zool at the end, and the giant marshmallow man. The giant marshmallow man's well done, but the fighting Zool, it's, it's pretty bad. Well, you know, it doesn't have any dated effects in there and in terms of CGI, Let Mikey. Let me guess, airplane. Airplane. Let me tell you something. Everything is done practical, even if it's for the smallest, minuscule joke. There is literally a three-second joke where an airplane crashes into a window in through the airport, and that is a real done stunt. Now, they didn't literally crash an airplane to do so, but it's done practically there's no like real special effects because they didn't have it back in the day and everything in this movie even though it has that screwball over the topness to it it works and i think that ghostbusters i can see as like being a, a pretty like like haha kind of movie but it's still kind of a slow movie at times to the point where i'm not laughing as nearly as much as i am with see, airplane I disagree because i think in ghostbusters i think uh it keeps you captivated the entire time I mean, it, it follows these three bros, essentially, who have this completely obscure business and nobody believes in ghosts. And they're the ones who keep experiencing uh, experiencing this. And then you follow from their eyes and you watch them grow. And I mean, look, I love Ghostbusters so much that we here at uh, the production company, uh, Our City Productions, we made a Halloween uh, Ghostbusters spoof commercial. Yes. Uh, the original, you know, where the three of them come up and are like, have you been troubled by a spook specter or a ghost? Yeah. So, uh, there's just so many iconic moments in it, you know? But yeah. in all fairness, I have not seen Airplane. What? Yeah. Are we doing a, a debate where we haven't seen the, each other's movie? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. So even though we haven't given each other's movies an official chance, we're still going to debate this. Yeah. Yeah. What do okay. you think we're doing? Yes. So I want to go back to Airplane for a second. Again, with Ghostbusters, it, feel, it feels like from the stuff I have seen, it feels like a slower movie, even though there's a lot of a big action and zany, you know, special effects and things that are going on and they're getting covered with, uh, with uh, marshmallow and whatever. It, it just seems like one that may not be as rip-roaring, exciting, and energetic as it was back in 1984, where Airplane still holds the test of time in terms of how quick it is with the jokes and how fast it is and how much those, how well those jokes land even today with some of the dated references. Yes, There's a lot of adult Airplane, humor that still holds up. Does Airplane have the greatest single-track song ever created for a film? I will give... I, <laughs> Ghostbusters, I will give you the theme song because Airplane doesn't... I mean, doesn't really have like a, a, spe a specific... Theme, whereas Ray Parker made one of the most iconic '80s themes of all time. And they got sued. Is that what happened, really? Yeah, he got sued because it's um, very similar to. Um, oh. Uh, well, either way, the first of all, the people of Airplane got the right or took elements from the people who made Airplane could have gotten sued too because they took elements from a movie called uh, Zero Hour from 1957. It borrows the plot and the central characters. Like literally, almost there are some moments in the movie where which are verbatim. The same as an airplane, 
but then there's some sort of joke tacked onto the airplane to airplane. It would be like uh, it would be like if you made it's I can't it's how do I describe this? It would be like if you made a a parody of The Departed, and when they make they say some one of their iconic lines or their iconic moments, you just were to slap some sort of joke on there, and you just kept doing that for the whole runtime. <laughs> That's not, that's not a good example. But the point is that Airplane, again, Airplane, I get more bang for my buck when it comes to the jokes. It's a simple story that I can follow that I make makes me care about the two central characters in uh, Ted Stryker and Elaine Dickinson, the two romantic leads. But you also care about everything else that's going on the plane. You have uh, the the captain, Clarence Olvera, played by Peter Graves, who's amazing. You have Lloyd Bridges playing McCroskey. You have Robert Stack. You have uh, Frank Ashmore. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as one of the airplane pilots. Do your Does your movie have a 14-time all-star in the NBA? Does your movie have that? No, I didn't think so. But the music video for the song Ghostbusters has a bunch of famous that's, people. That's, that's a music video. It's not the movie. It counts. Sure, whatever. <laughs> okay, but you know what I haven't mentioned from Airplane? One of the best comedic performances that outdoes every single one in Ghostbusters, Careful, which is you're, you're Leslie gonna... Nielsen as Dr. Rumack. The, the, the movie... Better than that... Peter Venkman. No, 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 no. Bill Murray. Before we get into Leslie Nielsen for a second, let's talk about Peter Venkman. Peter Venkman would not stand as a character today in 2021. He is a bona fide, creepy asshole who is trying to get what with college students double his age. This weekend. I'm not saying that he, he. I'm not saying that he wouldn't work in like any movie. Bill Murray can still be in movies. Oh, no, but Peter Venkman was just in a film. He's in there for five minutes. He wouldn't work as a central character. He's not trying to. He's, for, he's, he's essentially with Dana now in this one. He's not like still trying to bone. Oh, I love college that post-credits students. scene. I thought that was funny. That was a good. I was, the whole good movie one. was like that. That was a good movie. That was a good one. But Peter Venkman in the original man, you got to admit he is a. And I get this is the point of the character, but he is he is too much of a slime ball. Like creepy guy. Okay, but Dan Aykroyd, he's iconic in Ghostbusters. Yeah, he's just spouting you know scientific nonsense every five don't minutes. Don't you? Don't you? Insult Egon my... is basically has like the blank face on him the whole time. He's the, man, he's the mad scientist. He's explaining the whole Twinkie thing, and then and then uh, Ernie Hudson's just there being like, "That's a big Twinkie." Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's all that, that they're very basic characters, and now the people, the characters in Airplane are very basic too. But at the same time, I care about them more than I do about the ones in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters could. Like, like uh, Zool could, you know, kill them for all I care, for all I care. Airplane, I want to see these people get together. I don't want to see anybody on the plane die. I don't want to see any Ghostbusters die. I I'm like just like, eh. it's not that I want them to die. I'm just like, eh, whatever. You're hurting my feelings. I'm, I'm really happy Chad's not here right now. Yeah, I know. He'd be going off. On yes, that. but no, I mean, look, there's other, st- I mean, I think mine's more quotable. Think about that. I think. You have what? You have, who are you going to call? You have uh, it's a staple in 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 movies. I mean, it is part of movie history. I'm not saying Airplane isn't, but if people more, more people have seen Ghostbusters than they've seen Airplane. No, I, well, Ghostbusters I, I was, is iconic. Both it's movies were big hits at the icon. box office. Airplane did what? 171 million dollars on a three and a half million dollar budget. Ghostbusters did, I believe, um, almost 295 million on a. 25 to 30 million dollar budget so you also have budget to work with too yours yours became a uh, an action comedy that went off the rails in terms of budget and yeah, was able to it, make it back it survived i mean think about how much money they've made by selling dvds of just the same film for the last 50 years and the same with airplane airplane is still very popular and it's still i would say more quotable i mean okay airplane can, might can, be more let me quotable, ask some but let me ask some let me ask some can popular. you can you fly this plane and land it surely you can't be serious 
I am serious. I played the fifth. And don't call me Shirley. That is so much more of an iconic line than who are you going to call? No, it's not. Who are you going to call? Everybody's like, oh, that's Ghostbusters. Say your line again. I'm serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yeah. If I Airplane. Down, if I go down the street, is everybody going to know that? But if I say who I'm are you sure, going to call? I'm sure if, I'm sure if who you- Who are you going to call? First of all, nobody, nobody under the age of like 30 is going to get that. Maybe 20. Okay. But people in their 20s will understand who you're going to call. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No. Plus the Ecto one, the 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 Batmobile of Ghostbusters. It's a Cadillac. It is not. It's a he. That's what he said in the new movie. It's a hearse. It's a Cadillac. It's a hearse. Is it really? Yes. I don't know. I didn't that's see the original. They, no, they bought a uh, they buy, they buy a beat up hearse and then they re, they revamp it. It's I, not a Cadillac. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't see the original. Probably. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say that. No, but there's other great quotes in here too. Like you get the guy, the one guy who he keeps. Uh, Everything's going to shit with the airplane. First of all, there's the one where he's lying where he's like, if we don't get this right soon, the shit's about to hit the fan. And then you just see shit hitting a fan in the next scene, which is hilarious. Sam have, Jackson come out and say he's sick of those mother effing snakes on his mother effing plane. That's a different movie, which oh. we'll probably get to at some other point. Don't you dare bring up snakes on a plane compared to airplane. I love snakes on a plane, but don't you dare bring it up in the same breath. I don't like snakes. Nor do I like airplanes. Yeah, I could take both like the, of them. I don't like to fly. There's a McCroskey who has that running joke where it's like, look like looks like I picked the wrong week to, to quit drinking. To quit smoking, to quit sniffing, sniffing glue, okay, but sniffing amphetamines. Okay, but does your movie have a giant marshmallow that just invades New York City? No, but mine has, uh, let me see, I have jive talking old ladies. We have uh, little kids who uh, prefer their coffee black like their men. Uh, we have a pilot who asks if a little kid, he's, if he's ever seen a grown man naked. These are real jokes that happened in a movie back in 1980 called Airplane. Besides that, there are a lot of great other uh, jokes, and there's one where it's, what we got here? We got, uh, oh, uh, 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 Elaine to ask the woman, do you like something to read? And the hanging lady says, do you have anything light? And she says, oh, famous Jewish sports legends. There are a lot of jokes that would not fly today by moderns. I, I, I will give it that. But it's kind of what makes the movie that much more funny is that they they were, there wasn't vitriol with what the Zuckers were trying to do back then. They were just, it was very like bold. And it was more of like a take on the uh, 1970s, Disaster films, which were very prominent in the 70s. You had things like oh, uh, Towering Inferno, Earthquake, uh, Poseidon Adventure. A lot of them are good, but it really became, it, it, it kind of became like the thing in the 90s where there were disaster movies that just kept coming out and there were more and more of them and they kept getting worse and worse. This was sort of the parody to them. I don't know if necessarily there was a parody in that era to the your Independence Days, your Godzillas, your um, Dante's Peaks or anything like that. But this was one that not only was a parody of that, but it also was a, a game changer in how comedies were able to work for the next coming years. Yeah, but Ghostbusters is such an influential Ghostbusters movie. was a very popular film. I don't know if it really broke ground on anything other than maybe like special effects, which again, you even said yourself were dated are dated as oh, hell. Yeah, don't do not watch like you can watch Star Wars on Blu-ray. You, you can, can watch wa you can watch movie. Airplane on 8K. It's still going to look the same. Whatever. There's physical stuff going on. How about the how about the one scene where Robert Stack, as the pilot, asked to uh, avoid all the people trying to hand him pamphlets at the airport? That's a real scene that was done by him. All right, you know what? This is how we're going to settle the debate. Okay. If you are listening to this and you've gotten to this far in the podcast, let us know on Twitter, on on Facebook, <laughs> on on Instagram. <laughs> Use the hashtag film fight. We're going to make that a thing. Hashtag film fight. You love going to the clock when you know you're on the ropes. Yeah, it's... <laughs> You, I have a bad memory. This is what my my acting career. For I me. haven't watched airplane. I haven't watched airplane in over like three years, and I'm still remembering all I this saw stuff. Ghostbuster like last month, and that's the worst God. part. Good God, yeah. all, all of October I've been singing. 
I better be careful. I don't want to get sued. So. No, you won't get. I mean, if you do that for two seconds, you won't get sued. No, but Ghostbusters, the original film, is one of my all-time favorite films. Nostalgia. But anyway, if you're listening to this, let us know. Yeah. Do you like Airplane better? Do you like Ghostbusters better? Do you not like either of them? Did you see Ghostbusters Afterlife? <laughs> if you did, I'm sorry. Ask for I, a reimbursement. I am not. I, would, I, I, I didn't even give my ranking for the film. I would okay, probably put it... Uh, I'd probably put it at a bronze, you know. <laughs> Would you say a brawn? Uh, uh, be sure to listen to next week's episode. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking I, next week we, we actually I actually I might spend do the, way too much time with you. I, I, I'll I'll spoil what's next week's what next week's topic is going to be because a certain film is coming out. Uh, I believe it's coming out next week, or it's close to coming out. Then we're going to go see it this weekend, right? No, no, no. We're going to see House of Gucci this weekend. Oh, what are you talking about? We're talking. I won't want to spoil the. Oh, I guess I, I probably will. Sp- I won't say the name, but we're going to talk about uh, what we consider. To, we're going to have our first. I'll, I won't spoil the, the the debate, but I'll spoil part of it. We're going to do our first worst episode next week. We've been doing a lot of best. In the last like month, and I think this coming week we should do like get into some of our worst because there's a lot there. There really is like something to ranting about like the worst of something than it is to like being praising about the best of something. And I like being positive, but this one I feel like is gonna be very fun because we absolutely cannot stand. You can't stand your movie. I can't stand mine, but I can understand there's like a a hilarious factor to it, but it's still really atrocious. So we will be Next back. It's going to be an interesting podcast then because we'll do yeah. a Gucci review. Yep. Um, we won't always have movie reviews, but we've no. been fortunate enough lately that we've, yeah. Mitch and I both live very, so why don't, why don't we spend this last 10 minutes? Why don't we tell people a little bit about us? Sure. Since, since our audience is kind of growing. Okay. All right. So Mitch, tell us a little bit about you, who you work for, what you do. What is your career? Well, right now. Excuse me. I want right now. I'm working as a, a radio anchor and a television um, reporter and anchor for two different places: a uh, 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, and uh, Jordan Miller News, a sports division in New Philadelphia and like the Tuscarawas County area. And I'm, you know, we're pretty much around the same age. Mikey and I. He's a little older than I am, but we're trying to just kind of make our ways into our respective fields. Right. Uh, Mitch and I originally met when we used to work at a TV station together. Yes. Um, and Mitch was the sports anchor, mm-hmm. and I was the creative director, and that's yes. kind of how we became friends. And uh, we left the we left that job pretty much the same weekend uh, for undisclosed reasons. Right. But uh, now we're both you know working uh, working our way up. Uh, Mitch has got some great stuff. So if you can make sure you tune in to ninety two point three the fan um, in the Cleveland area, and yeah. Check out some of the stuff he does. A lot of uh, he'll he'll. Uh, he broadcasts a lot of the Browns games. Mm-hmm. You do uh, some of the Indians games. Well, now the Cleveland Guardians, right? Yeah, I was about to say, I was at the, uh, the team made the transition uh, Friday, last Friday. Okay. They so opened they're the, officially the Guardians. They reopened the team store. They changed the social media accounts, the website, everything. It's now Guardians, which, you know, there's that. And, uh, yeah, I'll be on tonight, actually, from uh, 6 to midnight, I believe. I will uh, be giving the updates every 20 minutes. So, yeah. And I am uh, a co-owner of a production company called RCD Productions. Um, we specialize in business marketing and uh, social media management and filmmaking. Um, so we're, we're trying to start our journey of becoming uh, legitimate filmmakers and, and doing what's best for our area. And uh, so that's kind of how Mitch and I, um, where, where our backstories are coming from. Because, I mean, as we've been looking at some of the demographics of people who've been listening to Film Fight, 
I, I realized a lot of people don't actually know who we are. Yeah. Uh, which is which is kind of funny. So look up Mitch Spinell on all your social media networks, and you can look me up as uh, Mikey Rogers on all those uh, social media networks, and make sure to go follow Jordan Miller News, 92.3 The Fan, and Our City Productions. Uh, Reaper Video, I feel like I'm giving a uh, Oscar speech. Yeah. I'd like to thank the Academy. Can I talk about our analytics, too, because you mentioned those? Sure. We talked about them. So... I, I we get all of our uh, analytics from a- the Anchor app, uh, Anchor.fm. You can find our podcasts there. You can also find it once again on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's where we distribute it, and we have like certain audience details that we can tell who's listening to the show and all that. And our geographical regions are fascinating to me because, first of all, most of our listeners are in the U.S. Obviously, seventy-eight percent, but five percent. Each are listening from Germany and the Philippines, which makes me very fascinated as to what, how we, we, we've gone international, basically. We are an international film duo. (laughs) And then there's, there's 2% from a whole bunch of other countries. You got the United Kingdom, India, Indonesia, Iraq, Kenya, Malaysia, Singapore, and Turkey. So apparently these are all countries that uh, the podcast has been listened to in huh. those respective places. So well, that's cool. Yeah. Shout out to all the people who somehow found our little show and got onto it. Now we are talking about, um, we're thinking about filming this. So yep. yeah, a couple months, probably around January, February, we're talking about taking it up to the next level with our podcast. It'll still be available on all of these platforms. Yes. It is a Audio podca- only. It is a podcast first, but mm-hmm. we are talking about, um, Going more of the the YouTube route too, so we might film these shows and you know make it available in more different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm excited for that. And I'm too. I, I love doing this podcast every week. The problem is I don't have that good of a memory, and every time I take notes, I never look at my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like ah. Uh, so, but that's just who I am. I would get like a big like tablet or something that you can just kind of like hold I while have an you iPad. know. I, I know. Yeah. Well, I mean that's all we have for this week's episode, and. Um, you know, I'm trying to look through this stuff here. I mean, next week, we got next week's thing. We got a couple of ones scheduled out here for the next few weeks, and I will figure out our next shooting date and next date and time. And uh, I believe, uh, Tuesday seemed to be a good day. Tuesday seemed to be a good day. I'll talk to you afterwards and see if uh, see if I can get my schedule worked out for Tuesday, next Tuesday. Okay. So that's it, guys. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of uh, Film Fight, and uh, we will see you all next week. Bye. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.